0: Welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Coach Callie Tammy out here in beautiful San Diego, California. And this is Saturday, July 29th and day number three of our seven-day podcast blast on the way to my official launch of my book, Dear Victim. It's time for us to break up now on July 4th. I mean, really. What better day to start your journey of breaking up with your inner victim than Independence Day? I was very specific in figuring out what day that I wanted to launch. That is part of the self-publishing journey. Do you know what I mean? Even in traditional publishing, if you're using a publisher, you've got to figure out what day you want your book to launch. Self-publishing, you are your own boss. You set your own deadlines. You figure out when you got to have your manuscript done, who is going to be your editor, you know, are you going to use Amazon, are you going to use Lulu, there's several self-publishing companies out there, are you going to try and go to a big publishing house, are you going to try and go to a smaller publisher, you know, what does that look like for you? So today, I kind of wanted to dive into the self-publishing journey, I don't know much about traditional publishers, as you know, I self-published my book myself, and Um, I'm going through Amazon or KDP publishing is what it's called now was create space prior when I first started this journey a year ago. Um, the biggest part of writing is just the writing, you know what I mean? I I've heard so many people, you know, as I've shared so much about my self publishing journey say that, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, but you know, I feel like I have one inside me, but I'm not really sure how to start. I'm not really sure, you know, what the format is. I'm not really sure what genre I want to do. You know, do you want to be a fiction writer? Do you want to be a nonfiction writer? Do you want to tell your life story? Do you write poems? Like, what does that look like? You know, um, there's a huge fiction industry. There's a huge nonfiction industry. Are you more of a technical writer? Are you about science? Are you a doctor of some kind? And you want to you know, write a publication of something, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different ways to go about doing it. Do you want to write children's stories? You know, all of those are possibilities, but you know, like I said, today's episode is going to be about the self-publishing journey and what it took for me to self-publish, what the process was like, how long it took, what I learned, what advice I would give you if you're going to start this journey to help you have a smoother road than I had because mine was like pretty much trial and error. When I started this journey, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have anybody that I can say, Hey, how do you do this? It was Google it and figure it out. And you know, that's the Google is the mother of all invention, man. So like Google and and YouTube, you can figure out how to do anything. So, you know, you can start there, but you know, having somebody in your back pocket that's been through that journey, is is a blessing because they may say things or give you insights to help you avoid the pitfalls that maybe a video on youtube wouldn't mention or maybe you know something that you found on Google Google wouldn't mention, you know, they they tend to to glorify all of the the good things, but they neglect to tell you, hey, look out for this or hey, look out for that or hey, I went through this. I want to make sure that just in case you hit this, this is you do X, Y, and Z to get out of it and recover quickly. So before we get too deep into this conversation, let's take a minute and listen to my sponsors for today. And I will be right back with Let's self-publish a book. Hey everybody, this is Coach Callie Taming. I hope you are really enjoying the Life Awakening podcast. And I wonder, did you know that you can actually get paid to listen to my podcast? I know it sounds really crazy, but it's true. I just found this awesome new app. It's called PodCoin and you actually get paid to listen to my podcast or any other podcast that you want to listen to. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you choose, you can donate it to a PodCoin charity of your choice. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Go right now and download the app on your iPhone or Android and I have a special code for you. Simply use the code LIFEAWAKENING and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough podcasts on here, you'll get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code LIFEAWAKENING. I swear it'll change the way that you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show and welcome back to Let's Self-Publish a Book. Let's just start from the beginning. You've got to figure out what genre that you want to write in you've got to determine if this is more about you completing the goal or of just publishing the book, writing and publishing the book, going through the process and you really don't care whether you hit bestseller or how many people read it, you just want to have that work out there and if it happens to do good then great, if not then great. I had a very specific goal. I knew that my story would help so many people. So my goal has always been to help more people grow and to hit bestseller with my book. When I first said I'm, I'm finished my book, I've been, I've been hashtagging myself bestselling author because I wanted to plant that seed and plant that belief early on in my, in my self-publishing career. I wanted to make sure that I knew that I could do it. And I don't know how I knew, but I knew that I was gonna be a bestselling author, whether it's this book or the next book or all three books that I have planned. I knew that this was going to be a self-help book. I knew it was going to be a motivational book. I knew that it was going to be an empowering book. I knew that it was going to cover abuse. And I knew that it was also going to be covered in mental health because I talk, I talk extensively about my depression in my story. Figuring out what genre you want to write in is very key because that's also going to determine the amount of competition if your goal is to hit bestseller. The sci-fi and romance areas are huge. And so there's a lot of books. A lot of people are writing in those. So, you know, just do your homework. You know what I mean? Do the research. Get on Amazon. Figure out what books are number one. How many books did they sell? And they have calculators. I found that out that's something new. They have calculators that will tell you how many books you know how many books you need to sell in a day in order to hit number one in that particular category so that's really great information to have now the like i said the the writing is the biggest part. You have to know who it is that you're going to talk to. so if you're writing a fiction and let's say you're doing a romance novel, women typically are the ones that read the romance novels i don't know if guys read romance novels. I, they might, they might not, I know. So let's let's look at Fifty Shades of Grey. There's not, you know, any of the women that I know love that book um, because it takes us to a side of ourselves that we're intrigued about. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have that unfiltered love, to have that, that kind of passion and unconditional like let's get it in, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know how else to put it other than that. So if you're looking at writing a book like that, so are you? Are you gonna be Fifty Shades of Grey, or are you gonna do a timepiece like some type of some era? Are you gonna do like cowboys and Indians? A, a, a Indian woman falls in love with a cowboy, or an Indian man falls in love with a with a pilgrim? Like is that something? You know the forbidden love? Are you gonna do? Something in Greece are you gonna do mythology type love? Like what what does that look like for you? It's doing your homework. What if it's not something that you enjoy reading about, you're probably not going to enjoy writing about that. Let me say that again. If you don't enjoy reading what you're going to be writing about, you're not going to enjoy writing about it. They go hand in hand. It was as I've said many times, it took me six years to finally complete my book. When I first started writing my book in 2013, I was still too hurt when it got to the hard places in my book and I had to put it down. And then my mom passed away and there were so many unanswered questions. There was so much that left still to say. And I didn't get to say those things. I mean, I, I said a lot of things while she's there on the, while the machines are beeping and all the core, all the tubes running in and out of her and I'm trying to clear my head and figure out like what's going to happen next. You know, now I'm the oldest in the family. Like I'm I've got to be the head of the family and I wasn't ready for that position. I was still trying to figure out who I was. I was still trying to figure out like what am I going to do? Like I, I I was in my personal growth journey, but I wasn't there. I still had so far to go and I didn't feel like I was ready to take on that responsibility to be the head of my family and so i just i i couldn't write anymore right that like i had no heart to write 2016 comes along just fast forwarding really quick and i started writing again and i was angry at this time i was angry that i didn't get any answers from my mom i was angry that i was now head of the household and and even though i was in a much better place in 2016 I still had so many questions that were unanswered. I was, I was dealing with my baby brother who was in prison and I was having a really hard time dealing with him. Like I wanted to choke him through the phone. He was still on drugs while he was in prison. He was having a hard time. He he didn't get to say goodbye goodbye to mom. And I know that was a hard thing for him to have to deal with, but there was nothing any of us could do. And he's been in prison his whole adult life. And so everything that he does is a hustle and he's trying to hustle people for money. And, you know, I got caught up in his games right after mom died. And, and so it was, it was a hard transition for me. So everything I was writing in my book was angry. Like I, I was just spewing anger and hatred and still a, a good bit of hurt, I think. And so I, I didn't want that to come across in my book. I didn't, I didn't want to feel that way while I was writing. So again, I put it down because I wasn't ready. And so I would like to encourage you, if you're going to be writing your life story, you've got to make sure, especially if you have trauma that you're going to be writing about, that you have taken the time to do yourself healing, that you've done your inner work, you've done your soul work, you've healed your core wounds so that when you get to those places, you're not going to have that meltdown. You're not going to have to re-experience those feelings that you did from the original trauma. Fast forward to 2018, after I moved to San Diego, you know, my first three months in San Diego was kind of unstable in my living situation. It was also, I don't wanna say it was unstable at the gym, but it felt unstable to me just because it was corporate and I wasn't used to the corporate way. And it was a lot of bullying tactics uh, for sales and a lot of micromanagement style work environment. And even though I loved everybody that I work with, and I love the gym, and I love the, the clients in the gym, it was a di- different atmosphere. And because my home life was so unstable, it made me so uncomfortable. It also made my work life unstable and uncomfortable. And I couldn't write in those first 90 days. And so once I moved in with my current roommates, and I've been with them ever since, so it's been 15 months that I've been living with my with my current roommates as soon as I got here like literally it was less than 90 days and I finished my book like I finished the manuscript it was done all I had left for my part to do at that at that moment in time was do my first set of edits where I read the book out loud to myself to make sure my brain wasn't playing tricks on me and you know to catch the little grammatical errors and this that and the other now. I write like I talk. I wanted it to be like, we're having a conversation, sitting on the couch, having a glass of wine. I'm telling you my story and telling you how I overcame all of these things that I went through as a kid and a young adult. And so there's, there were some grammatical errors that I chose to leave in there because I don't, you're listening to my podcast. I don't always speak proper English. And I knew if I wrote the book in that way, it would not be authentic to who I am. And so I wanted my book and the sound of it to be as authentic as possible. That was my ultimate goal was to do that. And I believe that I captured that based off of the reviews that I'm getting that are already on Amazon and Goodreads. Once I did my proofreading, I handed my book over to my first editor, Tammy Brown, and you know she was great she was you know when she first started editing she edited like I she knew that I wanted it to to keep my voice she knew that my voice was important to me and that I write like I talk and so when she first started editing I couldn't tell the difference between my words and her words, when she was edited, it was hard to tell where she had edited things. She just kind of cleaned things up a little bit. And then her husband got really sick. And when she came, she had to put it down for a little while. And now she had some, some childhood trauma as well. And parts of my book triggered her. And so we kind of had some little pushbacks about whether to leave things in there or not. I will say that I did change how I word things in there because I don't want to trigger people when they're reading it, but I wanted to be authentic to the story. So there was a give and take there. After they got things situated with her husband and she came back and started editing, her editing changed. It was like I lost my voice in what she was doing. There were things that she took out that were important that they stayed in there to me because I felt like it added one character to the story, but it also, it also told you something specific about me with just a sentence. And like, I'll give you like a brief example in my second chapter, which I'm going to be reading tomorrow for you guys or Monday. I'm going to read. Yeah. I'm going to read that Monday for you guys. No, tomorrow. Whatever day that is, the next, my next day, we're going to be reading, yeah, it'll be tomorrow because tomorrow is the seven day podcast pass and then Monday you'll get the regular, yes, okay, I got it all figured out. So tomorrow I'm going to be reading chapter two and there's a part in there where my grandfather had passed away and I'm at my, at his funeral and he passes away in in the same hospital, two floors above me and I had just given birth to my son. And I'm really struggling with being ecstatic that I am a new mom and that I have a brand new baby boy and I just lost my best friend. Like my grandfather was my best friend. He, I, I loved him so very much. And I was upset that my grand, that my children would never get to know the man that he was and how he taught me all the things it was that he taught me. And so I have to leave the hospital and go straight to the funeral home And I'm trying to be strong for my grandmother. And I felt like I was failing miserably. And those were the words I used. I'm trying to be strong for my grandmother, but I feel like I'm failing miserably. She took that line out. And I'm like, why would that line is so important? Because it was the very first time I ever in my life thought of myself as a failure. When I was explaining that to Teresa, that I was upset that she took that line out. And she was like, well, would somebody know that that was the first time you thought of yourself as a failure. And I was like, oh, that makes better sense. So I put that line back in there and in parentheses, I added that thought of that was the first time I ever thought of myself as a failure. In the process of the way she edited from this point forward and me having to go back and do my second round of edits, I learned how to be a better writer because I really had to step outside myself and look at what it was that she did. And I took what she did and I took my original and I found a better way to write it. I found a better way to put it in there. And there were places where she put a paragraph that I didn't, that I didn't write and I'm like, this isn't me. And I would take it out and I completely wrote a whole new paragraph and put something else in there that made that, that whole chapter or that whole section flow better. So what I learned about the editing process is that it takes time. Number 1. Number 2, when you get done writing your book, you must read it out loud to yourself. Your your brain, your eyes will play tricks on you because it already knows what you wrote. And so it will it will fix the words and say whatever it needs to say in proper order when you're just reading it. But when you read it out loud, you catch those mistakes that you may not have caught if you had just read it. Number 2, You've got to you've got to ask your editor questions. You've got to like interview different editors because Tammy was a friend. She said editing was her gift, and it is. But she is a writer who likes to edit. She's not an editor that likes to write. That's two very different people and two very different connotations. If you've got an editor that likes to write, now you need to figure out okay. What is your favorite genre of books to edit? Because not everybody wants to edit fiction books. Not everybody has a creative mind to take your story if you're writing an alien story and help it flow better, if that makes sense. Not everybody likes nonfiction and personal development. They may get triggered by something that you're saying. So like you've gotta have a questionnaire for your editor to find out how they're gonna edit. Like. Do you just redline stuff and give suggestions, or are you going to be changing my masterpiece? Do you try to keep the author's voice, or do you try to make it sound like you? Like, those are all questions that you have to ask. So, you know, when you get to the point and you're ready for the editing process, interview two, three, four, five different editors and decide which one's going to be best for you. Have a questionnaire, have them answer it. You know what I mean? Have them give you. Names of books that they've edited so you can see what their editing was like. Give you references of authors that they've worked with so that those authors can say, yes, this person is a great editor. We had a great time. We may have disagreed, but she was easy to work with or he was easy to work with. We were able to iron it out and my book turned out this. I hit bestseller, whatever that looks like. So you've got to have those questions and you've got to have that figured out in order for you to have the best, easiest, quickest, and most effective editing process there is. Now, next step, once your editor finishes editing your book and they hand it back to you, you go back through and you read your book out loud and you see their edits, their suggested edits, and decide what stays and what goes. And you send it back for another round of edits. I chose a different editor because I wanted it to be more just fixing the grammatical mistakes but not turn it into a to a term paper or a thesis. I still wanted to keep my voice, but I wanted to make sure that the major grammatic errors were taken care of. And when you're self-publishing, there's still gonna be places that you miss. Like I, I, I was reading something earlier in my book and I saw a, a misspelled word, you know what I mean? Even though you're, you're, you've are you're you got your eyes on it and you have two or three other sets of eyes on it, you're still going to miss things. It's human and it's human nature. Even in the most professional books, there are misspelled words and misplaced commas and you know what I mean? Just be okay with it. I had another editor and I had three people proofreading it for me. So I had more than just my eyes on the proofreading process, which was great. And then when I got it back from them and I finished all the proofreading and I made all the proper edits and stuff for it from then, you've got to decide now, now you format it, all right? So, or actually you could format it beforehand. So if you're using Amazon or Kindle KDP, Amazon used to be CreateSpace and they um, swapped over to KDP Publishing. So they will give you the formatted pages for your book. You can set up your whole process in there Reserve your title. And once you reserve your title, you'll get an ISBN number. I, I like ISIS, S like Sam, B like boy, and like Nancy. Every book has an ISBN number. It's kind of like a social security number that everybody has. And it attaches your book to you and it establishes your content and that it's yours. Once you set up your title and, and or subtitle, put you as the author, whoever your editor is, your graphic arts designer or illustrator is how it's listed is there a photographer all of that's all of that's listed in there then what you can you'll you'll download your actual formatting, like what size book my book is a six by nine that's the standard size, and the the formatting was already there, so it was super simple. Do you want to have a table of contents? Do you want to have a forward? Do you want to have a preface? Do you want to have an introduction? Like all of those are optional. They don't have to be in there or they can be in there. What I chose was to have the owner and founder of Best Life Creation Society write my forward. I wrote my introduction. The forward is generally written by someone who knows you very well and it's basically somebody that's edifying you and who you are and why. Somebody should read your book. The introduction can be written by the author, or it can be written by the editor, but it, or even by you know somebody in the publishing process. But it's somebody that's read the book, knows it in and out, and gives you an insight to what you're going to read in the book. And I, so I, I wrote my introduction, and I had Jen write my forward. I do not have a table of contents. I have an author's note, and I have a dedication. And that's, that's what I did for my book. And then at the backside I have uh, on the back end, at the end of the book, I have author's final thoughts and then my, my contact information. If you wanted to book me for public speaking or workshops or life coaching or whatever, um, you have to decide who your target market is. So if you're going to be writing nonfiction is your target market women or is it men? Is it what age group is it? Um, are you going to be writing children's book? What age group for children? Is it going to be heavily illustrated or is it going to be more written? You have to decide what you, you get to choose your keywords. You also get to choose what price that you want to, do that you want to set your book up at. Uh, They have a Kindle program where you can get paid per page that somebody reads because you know they have the Kindle Unlimited and so on and so forth. All of that is is great and then once you get done with all of your editing process and and all of that you upload your manuscript to Kindle uh, to KDP and then you can preview it. You can look and see how the how the page is formatted out. And if everything is the way that it's supposed to, to make sure all of the formatting carried, I ended up having to reload my manuscript like five times because I saw places where there wasn't a, a space in between chapters or where the, the formatting for the chapter titles or the subtitles through in the, in the midst of a chapter didn't hold. So I had to go back and reformat those things. Some of them were bolded and some of them weren't, like I said, that because I, I changed some things. I, uh, you've gotta figure out what font you're gonna use as well. I ended up changing my font because the font that I had previously, I had 300 and some odd pages. And so I changed the font and it ended up being 219 pages, which is a perfect size where people don't get freaked out about what is going on with the book. You know what I mean? They don't think it's too big. They think they can get through it really quick. And obviously my book is doing that really well because everybody that's read it so far has read it in less than 48 hours, which is great. And I'm very, very honored and very blessed that somebody says, you know, I can't put your book down and it's super easy to read. And I got through it really quick. You know, some people like the great big novels that are, you know, five, 600 pages, and it's going to take them a week or two weeks to read through it. But me, I want to be able to get through, I want to get what I need to get out of that book and I want to get through it quickly as most people do. Now let's talk about your cover really quick. I chose to take a photo and use that for my cover. I was, I was very intentional about what my cover looked like because of the title of my book, Dear Victim, It's Time for Us to Break Up Now. I can't have some wimpy ass photo on the front of my book and the title is called Dear Victim. It's time for us to break up now. It just, it doesn't resonate. It would be a total disconnect if somebody's sitting there looking at this photo and then they see the title they would be like tilting their head. Like what the hell does that mean? You know what I mean? Like how, how does this fit? So I wanted a photo standing up on top of the mountain where I'm standing on top of the world, because if you've had a victim moment or you've been a victim or you feel victimized in some kind of way, you read the title and you say, hey, I'm going through something right now. I really resonate with that title. Standing on top of the mountain like that, I want to feel like what she feels like. If that's what it feels like to break up with your victim, I want to know what it was that she did. And I wanted that that photo to pop. I wanted it to draw you in and at the very least make you take a hard look at the, at the title. Your, your cover is very important. You want it, number one, to resonate with the title of your book. Number two, I want, you want it to be eye-catching. You don't want it to blend in with what everybody else is doing. Now, what my, what my friend Jason had me do, he was like, go to the bookstore, look at book covers. I want you to send me 20 book covers, 10 to 20, minimum 10, at the most 20. I want you to take pictures of book covers, tell me why you like them or not. And we have to get all of that in there. And so it would be easier to figure out what, it, what the concept of my book cover was gonna be. That was before I really, I, when, I, when I was going through there and I found different book covers, different genres, not necessarily my, like I went to my genre first, which is self-help and motivation but they were all just the author on the front of the cover, some boring, some not very plain. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't fit the title of my book. It doesn't resonate with me whatsoever. And so I had to, but then I was drawn to the ones where women were hiking and they were standing on top of a mountain looking over the ocean. And I love sunsets. And at first I thought about the sunset and, but the sunset's so used all the time for everything. And so I I got away from the sunset thing because then I got to thinking about it. if I'm gonna hike and I'm gonna be on top of a mountain, that means that I have to hike off that mountain <laughs> at nightfall, or I gotta spend the night. And you know, my idea of roughing it is a two-star hotel. <laughs> Not hanging out in a in a in a tent on top of a mountain. So I had to think about those things. So that's kind of like how you decide what you're gonna do. Now you can once you figure out what you like and what you don't like and why. Think about, yours, think about what it is you want to project. When somebody picks up your book, what do you want them to feel the second that they look at your book? That's what you want. That picture has to depict that and it has to match up with the title of your book. You've gotta have a graphic arts designer that gets it and is not gonna be offended when you say, no, that's not what I want. I had a great graphic arts designer, as you can tell, because my book cover is the bond.com and he did exactly like I would have never thought to put the title on the right hand side. I looked at it on both sides where Dear Victim was on the on the back side, Dear Victim was on the right side. And I asked people's opinions. I asked several people that were very close to me that were following me through the whole entire journey. Which one of these would you pick and why? And they was like, well, which one do you like? I said, it doesn't matter which one I like. I want to know if you look at these two pictures and it was on my phone. So it was like slide, look at this one, slide right. Look at that one, slide back left, look at this one. And they, just, they had to pick, right? One or two. And I asked them why. And it, I got some really interesting answers that helped me choose the book it, the, the book title the way that it is where it's on the right. It was my, my GM, at my general manager at the gym he was like, I like it on the left. He, and I was like, why? And he was like, well, because, you know, you're standing on the mountain and you're turning your back on your victim and you're walking away. And I was like, that's a very interesting perspective. I like that. I'm definitely going to take that into consideration. And so when I was talking to some other people, Omar, one of the guys at the gym, we talk all the time. He's a, he's a chef and super, super fun dude. He's been you know, like cheering me on throughout my whole entire process of, of writing the book and he was like, I like the one on the right. He was like, because you got your, your face and your victim and you're saying, you know, it's time for us to break up. We ain't doing this anymore. And you're standing on top of the mountain and that's freedom. Like I see freedom with that. And when he said that I see freedom, that was an easy decision for me. And I had already pretty much made up my mind that I wanted the one on the right. Um, and my other friend, Troy, he takes my boot camp classes. We talk all the time. I'm friends with him and his wife and, uh, we hang out sometimes on the weekends, but, He was like, you know, if you put it on the, if you put the title on the left, I'm too busy staring off at the distance, trying to see what's down below because the picture's so engaging that I may or may not even look at the title on the left. But if you put the title on the right, you have to look through the title to see what's on the other side. He said, that's just my perspective. He was like, but I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And so that's it. That's how I chose my title being on the right, being on top of the mountain. Saul was my graphic arts designer. He gave me several different variations. Like I said, he's the one that showed me the one with the, with the title on the right to begin with. And we just worked through it, man. And he was great. He was easy to work with. And I told him, I was like, I know I was super anal during this process. So if it felt like I was being too hard on you, please forgive me. But like, this is perfect. It's beautiful. I appreciate you and he was great. He was like, man, he was like, you got to have thick skin in this business because you know, I, I'm doing this and you have to be satisfied with it. If you're not satisfied with it, then it's a no-go. And he was like, I want you to be happy. And he was like, so, you know, we've never met each other in person and we've just had to figure it out. He was like, I'm just glad that You got a a cover that you liked and that it worked out well for you. So, you know, if you're going to do the self-publishing journey or even do the traditional publisher and you need a good graphic arts designer, reach out to me. I will be happy to pass on his information to you. And he's super easy to work with. Got it done for me relatively quickly. I would say, I think it took us like 10 days maybe at the most to get it done. It was super, let's see, I took my hike on May 25th. I sent him the photos on the twenty sixth twenty no, I sent him the photos the following week, the first of June, and I hit publish by June tenth. So it was, you know, less than ten days. He did all the edits. I picked the cover photo. I had everything loaded up on KDP, all the reformatting, the and, and everything was done, and I hit publish and was it was live by June tenth. So from May twenty fifth to June tenth. And like I said, he didn't get it until like I said, May thirty first, maybe the first of June. I could look back at my at my notes and see when it was, but at the most ten days and he had it all done and it was great. He's super reasonable. It made it super easy for me. And then as far as like the the publishing, after you hit publish and it's live, like You being self-published, you are responsible for all your promotions. There are um, several websites out there that will promote your book. Some of them are for free. Some of them are for a paid service. You can get in groups and promote your book. If you're thinking about writing a book, I would highly recommend that you start building an email list now. That is one thing that I did not do. <laughs> I'm working with a branding coach right now. And he was like, Tammy, how do you not have a list? It was like, because I never thought about having a list. I wasn't sure I was ever gonna get to this part. You know what I mean? Like I would been a personal trainer for seven and a half years. So you don't need an email list when you're a personal trainer. So there's that. Cause I wasn't doing online training. Uh, so it's, 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 a new experience and it's, it's a new part of my journey and I'm super excited about it. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of this podcast, learning about self-publishing a book. If there was anything that I left out, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Leave me a voice message on the Anchor app, or you can send me an email at Tammy at dot I would love to hang out with you guys somewhere other than on a spot on this podcast. Search hashtag CallieTammy or look for Tammy Loftus on all social media and you will find me. I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow for day number four of the seven-day podcast blast on our way up to hitting bestseller on July 4th for my book, Dear Victim. It's time for us to break up now. Tomorrow, I will be reading chapter two of my book. I can't wait to do this for you guys. I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye now.